0: you have to learn to select your thoughts the same way that you select your clothes every day now that's a power that you can cultivate you want to come here and you want to control your life so bad work on the mind
1: and that's the only thing you should be trying to control because if you can't master your thoughts you're in trouble forever
0: hi this is stacy dunn i'm a big ass runner from the high white and handsome state of montana where the Grizzly Bears roam and the Mountain Goats play. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now, here's your host, the OG Clydesdale, Jeff Harrell.
2: Stacy, great job on that introduction. I have got to get out to Montana. One of the, I think, nine states that I have left to go to here in the United States. So thank you so much for that introduction. My name is Jeff Harrell. This is the Big Ass Runner Trail Running Podcast, episode number 130. It seems like just a week ago we were doing 129. I don't know how that works. I'm not good at math. But welcome to the podcast. You know, this podcast is for the everyday runner. We are here to entertain and encourage you as you're out there hitting the trails, getting those training runs in. And we've always been about our listeners, the Big Ass Runner herd. As you just heard Stacy do the intro, and segment one and segment two, you're going to hear from a fellow Big Ass Runner herd member. In segment number one, we have a really cool why I run. From John Fisher. We met John in person at Bandera. He helped out at the Chapa Sage Station. Did a great job on Saturday. And then he ran the 50K on Sunday. So he got to serve with us. And then we got to serve him on Sunday as he came through the Chapa Sage Station. Served up a little Chapa special, I believe. So that's segment one. And segment two. You're going to love this. We are big fans of making sure the trails are wild and safe for everyone, all sizes, shapes, and colors. And you're going to hear from our friend, Sergio Avila. And Sergio is very passionate about diversity and inclusion on the trails. And we have a very just... I think honest and transparent conversation about that. I think you're really going to enjoy. I really have learned a lot from Sergio, and I think you will too. So super excited about this episode. But first, a couple of things I wanted to note. One is you guys know what big fans of Path Projects we are here. And it struck me the other day, my son Hayden, who has taken up trail running, he did his first trail race out in Lake Murray last year and is about to tackle running the rows. He's doing his longest trail run of 22 miles. And then at Grasslands, he's going to do a full marathon on the trail. But I introduced him to Path Projects. He's much cooler than I am. And he came downstairs wearing his Wheeler pants, his Pyrenees hooded shirt, and his path projects rainier cap on backwards and he's like this is what i wear every day (laughs) this is what i wear every day if you've not checked out path projects please do so pathprojects.com the wheeler pants are amazing if you work from home and want to feel like you're dressed to some degree and not in pajamas but they feel like pajamas they're so comfortable Is it pajamas or pajamas? I don't even know. You say potato
0: and I say potato.
2: It's both of those. Honestly, it's fantastic. So that's the first thing I want to hit on. And the second thing, we talked a couple episodes ago about New Year's resolutions or New Year's goals. I heard from a lot of you and it was a good conversation. Stirred up some... Some uh, chatter about what our resolutions, what are goals, can you keep them, what's the difference. But one of the things we talked about is, do you have a word for the year? And I said at the time that I have been working on my word for the year, and I'm going to reveal it now. It's, it's a fantastic word, and that word is Reset. Reset. And the reason I picked that word, part of it is with this foot surgery, I've had to reset a lot of things. I'm resetting my conditioning, my running. I've kind of gone back to the basics, to scratch, so to speak. I'm resetting that. I'm trying to reset my nutrition. I'm trying to just basically look at everything I'm doing in my life. Doing like, you know how you do a factory reset on your phone or your Apple device of some kind. It just clears it all out and you start with nothing and you only add the things that are giving you joy or adding value to your life. And that's what I want to do in 2023 is do a reset, strip away those things that are not adding value, add back only those things that are and so that is why reset is the word for 2023. And I'm hoping that through a reset, I can start to build some things back with the goal of sometime in the fall getting back to doing an ultra marathon. That is the goal. So there you go. Reset is my word for 2023. What is your word to even do a word? You may not even need a word. Maybe you've got many words. Who knows? That's my word. With that, let's get going on episode number 130 of The Big Ass Runner. We love the segment, Why I Run. It's because we resonate with it. Each of us have a unique story and reason we run. And even though it's unique, there are parts of it that I think apply to pretty much everyone. That's something that you can relate to and hang on to and learn from. And today we've got our friend, John Fisher, who's going to share his why. Without further ado, here is John Fisher's Why I Run.
1: My friends, what up, what up? Thanks so much for inviting me today. This is awesome. My name's John, and the question that I've been asked today is, why do I run? And I'm excited to talk about it. So thank you again for the invitation. I truly appreciate you all. I'll be honest, the reason why I do it, it probably is a a lot of reasons, but I don't have a solid... Reason. I sit and I think and I ask myself, why do you do this? And I feel like the answer is never genuine. It's surface level, there's no depth. But what I can tell you is how much I've grown as a person through the process. And I love to run because. It gives me an opportunity to put out max effort with whatever challenge I set for myself. It gives me an opportunity to practice patience. It's going to take me about 10 minutes to run a mile. And if I set a goal for 10 miles, I'm not going to achieve that goal in five minutes. And... I get to practice patience every single time I put my shoes on and I set a hard goal of running and I get to have an understanding of what it's like to endure a process that's challenging. And as a result, I get to grow every single time I put my shoes on and I go out for a run. I put myself in uncomfortable situations So that I can see how I adapt to that environment. I'll be real. I get scared when I go out on the trails. Because I don't know what's out there. It's just me, myself, and I. And I get freaked out out there. But afterwards, I get to reflect on the challenge that I set for myself. And realize that, hey, bro. You exposed yourself to something that freaked you out and you worked really hard you are patient with that process and you endured that self-inflicted suffering and look at how you've grown because of that and that's not just something that translates to my physical fitness if i can achieve something through my training then hopefully you know that translates to my everyday life i get to be more patient with my family my friends, my co-workers. I feel like I've grown as a person and I feel like I'm better for it. Also, I'm just a person who doesn't want to live a life that's too comfortable. I don't know what it is about me. Uh something worth exploring, but the thought of doing hard things is ingrained in my brain. It's in my DNA. I have to do a hard thing Every single day, a few years ago, 2020, I had two near-death experiences within the span of six months. And I know that when I took my first breath, my hourglass flipped. And I have no idea when I'm going to take my last breath. So every single day... I set a goal to do a hard thing, set a challenge, achieve that challenge. Even if I fall short, I attempted and I put out max effort. I was patient through that process and I endured doing a hard thing. And training for ultra marathons is a perfect recipe for exposing myself to an unknown environment and seeing how far I can push myself by putting one foot in front of the other. I work with a few dudes who I love dearly. I'm going to give a shout out to all of them. get a little choked up thinking about them because uh, I get to work with these guys and they are dudes who don't want to live a life of total comfort and Expose themselves to unknown environments and push their bodies to do hard things, and it's a blessing to work with them and to live life with them. Uh, also, I hate them because all of them are people that I <laughs> I truly respect, but I know they're better in areas. So I get to look up to them. I get to uh, push myself to to try to get on their level one day, uh, but I love him for it. Andy, he's the guy who invited me to do my first ultra attempt in October, and I accepted the invitation, and I'm grateful for that. I didn't even think about the question before I accepted the invitation, and I think some beautiful things in life can be simply through accepting an invitation i may fail i may fail miserably and actually i did i got 35 miles i didn't hit 50 i didn't i didn't hit my goal but i believe that if i truly failed i wouldn't have taken a step back and looked at the things that i could have done better to be more successful Fortunately, I did take a step back. I looked at the things that I could have done better. And this last weekend, I officially completed my first uh, 50K Ultra. And months ago, I would have never even considered doing that in my wildest dreams. But uh, our other friend, Jesse, he's the dude... He's the, the ultimate guy to blame. This guy planted a seed in our brains and he's like, Hey man, training for an ultra. And I'm like, wait, what? What? Why? I don't understand it. I had a, I didn't understand the concept of going that far for that amount of time. It didn't register in my brain. I didn't know how to grasp that concept, but later that night after he was talking to me about it, it sounds funny, but I, I literally looked at my feet and I was like, all right, these size eight feet, they're not broke. I wonder where they can take me. And it's, it's because of Jesse that I I really gave that some thought. So when Andy invited me to, to do a, a 50 mile ultra, I accepted the challenge and then Trevor, he's just the gazelle. He's always the guy that's faster. And I know that he's in front of me. And if I know he's in front of me, then I let his speed motivate me because maybe I can catch him. And if I'm trying to work harder to catch him, he's helping me. So I love those dudes. I get to work with them every day. We help push each other to to reach our, our goals, Our goal and my goal is to be audacious, to show a willingness to take on surprisingly bold risks, even when I don't have to. I simply get to. And I think that's truly the blessing in running is taking a step back and looking at how I grow as a person and trying to be better for it every single day. So my friends, thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate you. I hope to see you next year. Uh, you know, this this 50K, it was a soul sucker. It really ruined me. And I hit 12 miles and I was looking at my watch. I was like, all right, let's wrap this thing up. It's 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 time to go home, kick my feet up, watch some Netflix. I was like, no, 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 no. This isn't what you paid for. This isn't what you signed up for. Keep going. And the whole time I'm thinking I made a whole mistake. Just a gigantic mistake. The whole time I'm thinking, man, I should have signed up for the 100K. So my friends, I hope to see you next year. Thank you so much for all you do. Your compassion for runners and for people is incredible. And it was really awesome to work with you and to help out other runners achieve their dreams. So keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate you all. Take care. Bye.
2: Well, John, that was amazing. That was, as I was listening to it, I'm like, wisdom nuggets galore. So many thoughtful messages in there. The couple that I took away and you're, you're 100% correct that trail running is, is certainly about running, but you apply what you learn on the trails to life. It changes you as a person. You can't separate yourself, the runner, from the person. You, you are that runner as a person, and the lessons that are learned, the trials, the tribulations, the joys the successes, the failures all translate and make you a more patient, more persevering, more determined, whatever the right words are, person. And I love that you had that insight. Love it, love it. And then, man, how powerful the flipping of the hourglass. And our time is limited. And how we use that time and the things that we do we can choose to live a comfortable life. Many of us have that option. How about push ourselves out of our comfort zone to learn, to grow, to change, and honestly, to serve others. For me, that is that is one of the reasons that I do what I do, is just to serve others. So man, John, that was amazing. So glad we got to meet you in person there at CHAPA's and to serve alongside you. At the aid station, and then the next day, I get to serve you at the aid station. Congratulations on your race, but even a bigger congratulations is the things that you learned along the way. Well, with that, that is John Fisher's Why I Run. You're lying inside. Barracuda. Well, one of the things we love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there just making it happen it makes perfect sense after just listening to John's story to give him a big shout out and kudos for his 50k there at Bandera but I also wanted to give a a broader shout out to all the runners that came through Chopus. we enjoyed seeing you being able to serve you and see how just the perseverance that and determination it took to get back out there and finish the race so big shout out and kudos to all that were able to complete the bandera 100k and 50k and specifically to john way to go john It was about 15 years ago, I had the opportunity through my church to work with some kids down just across the border in Mexico at an orphanage. And the first time I went, just fell in love with the city, with the kids, with what the orphanage was doing there and decided to go all in. I was going to head down there once a month for a period of time. And I wanted to learn. I knew nothing of of what to do down there. And so I turned to someone I really admired who had done a lot of mission work out in Indonesia and other places and really had spent his life as a missionary. And so I asked him, I said, Hey, give me some advice. I want to do this well. My goal was just to serve and to help. And I've been blessed immensely in my life. And I want to, to share that blessing with others however I can. And he said, hey, you know, we tend to, as, as Americans, think that our way is the best way. We come in and we save the day and that is the wrong approach. The correct approach is to come in with a posture of learning and listening and appreciation of a culture that's not our own, and you know, just getting to know people as people. And that's the approach you should take, not to go in and try to do it our way or the way we think is best, but really to learn and grow. You're going to have a much better impact doing it that way. And by the way, and this was true, you're going to actually feel like you're getting more out of the equation than the people you're there to serve. And that was 100% correct. And I've taken that life lesson and applied it to other areas of my life. Whenever I've had a new job or meet a new person, I've tried to take that approach, really trying to learn from and listen and grow as a person, and just appreciate people, and cultures, and differences. And I will say, it is a process. I don't do it well, and I, I know it's a struggle for me a lot of times. But this segment, I'm very excited about because this is an opportunity for me, and I think for the big S runner herd community to listen and learn as well. And I'm really excited about this conversation I'm going to have with Sergio Avila. He is a fellow herd member. He is a trail runner and he is passionate about making the trails safe and inclusive and diverse. And so here is my conversation with Sergio. Well, now joining us on the Big Ass Runner Hotline, my friend and fellow Big Ass Runner Herd member, Sergio Avila. Sergio, welcome to the show. Gracias, Jeff. How are you? Good to be here with you. I am doing great. I'm doing great. I'm so excited to have you on because you know we're all passionate about trail running. Our sport is growing, and we are really passionate about the trails and keeping them wild and keeping them safe. But we're also passionate about making them inclusive and diverse. And so I'm really excited to talk to you. We're going to get into a lot of that. But before we do that, I do want to give the Big S Runner Herd a chance to get to know you a little bit. So Sergio, tell us where you are, where you're from, a little bit about you and your running journey.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Well, first off, I am part of the herd. I have been listening to your podcast uh, for a hundred and what ten episodes, enjoying and learning, and I feel very privileged to be here with you. This is Sergio Avila. I am joining you from Odom and Yaki Land in what is known as Tucson, Arizona, in the Sonoran Desert. I am originally from Mexico. I was born in Mexico City in an area of Mexico City called Coyoacan, which means the place of coyotes. Did you know that the word coyote is actually an indigenous word? I did not. Yeah, it is a Nahuatl word that means singing dog. And so the word in Spanish is coyote, and in English we say coyote or coyote. And I learned, I, I was born in the place of coyotes in Mexico City. And I grew up running in the desert in Zacatecas, where my family moved to. And I have run all my life. I am one of those people who are a frustrated soccer player turned into runner. (laughs) I also want to say, for the purposes of inclusion, I will call the sport from now on the actual name football. Football. Recognize that it is the sport where we actually use our feet. And, you know, I've been running for practice for football, running with my dad. I remember running with my cousin. So it's basically an activity that's been in my life forever, even though it wasn't called trail running, even though I didn't have a bib number or special shoes. Running in the desert, running in the mountains is something that has always happened, and I've been privileged to do that. I recently completed a 55K and a 50K within a month, my first ultra trail runs in the last month. And uh, I'm really, really happy to find connection with people and with the land
2: through the action of trail running. Amazing. And two, two ultras in one month. That's incredible. Yes. You know, when I finished the first one, I finished the
0: 55, I wanted to celebrate my 50th birthday. So I signed on to these 55. And after I completed it, I was feeling wow! I, I I still got some energy and my training was really good and you know you start scrolling for races and within a month I found another one and with my friends here in Tucson and my teammates we registered and went and did another one and it was one of the Aravaipa
2: runs. Yeah, they do they do a great job. Such a great yeah. job. Well, we're yeah. we're excited to learn from you today, and I, I'd like to start because I know you're very passionate about this topic and. I'd like for you to tell us a little bit about the Running Industry Diversity Coalition. What is it? Why should we care about that? What, what, are, what are the things that that coalition is trying to accomplish?
0: Great. The Running Industry Diversity Coalition is a recent organization formed in response to the lack of diversity and inclusion and media representation of people of color in running. And this became very evident in 2020, in the middle of the pandemic, in the middle of the social justice demonstrations. And if some people remember, in the beginning of the year, Ahmad Arbery, a runner, another fellow runner in Georgia, went for a run in a neighborhood and he was killed by three people. And, you know, we later learned that there was video of the killing, that he was chased, and that basically, he was killed for running. And this could be any one of us. So the running industry diversity coalition was formed to respond to the lack of diversity and uh, representation of people of color in running. There have been people who have made analysis of the cover of the mainstream magazine, running magazines. And most of them are not only white people, but also there's a certain body type. And so what the Running Industry Diversity Coalition wants to make sure is that everybody is represented as a runner. Running does not have a specific shape. Running does not have a specific ethnic group or race or economic status. A lot of people are runners. And so we are working to elevate those voices to represent in media and to help the running industry realize that uh, this shortcoming can be uh overcome by getting more engaged and we are doing training sessions, we call them stretch sessions, we have speakers, we have events. We attended the running event in Austin last November. So really trying to leave a mark and influence the running industry, you know, brands, races, organizers, magazines, etc, cetera, etc, cetera, to really serve the running community in a much better way.
2: I love that, Sergio. Especially as a Clydesdale, I, I resonated with when you said size as well. Yeah. But we we say that a lot on this show: is that the trails don't care what size or color you mentioned ec- economic strata you come from. Yeah. And honestly, I'm a big believer that if we were all the same, that makes for a very boring world. In fact, bringing your unique self to the world is what we need, is what the world needs. And so I'd love for you to share, and you mentioned a little bit about training, share just some of the things that are important to you and and important to the coalition and some things that are on your heart.
0: Well, uh, one of the things is precisely what you mentioned is this idea that the trails don't discriminate, right? That nature, if you want to enjoy nature in any way, the outdoors don't discriminate. However, people discriminate in trails. People discriminate at the trailhead or at the race. And sometimes many runners are made to feel less. Many runners don't feel safe in certain areas. We know that there is a crisis of violence against women. There are many news of women, you know, being attacked during the run. And a lot of these are women of color. And specifically, there is a crisis of missing and murder indigenous women and girls that happens Not only in rural communities, but also in cities. I can tell you that Tucson, where I am right now, is number three on the list of highest uh, number of uh, indigenous women missing. And so this is in order to really, we want to envision a running industry committed to racial justice, committed to opening the doors for everybody. Yesterday we just celebrated Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and to be quite honest, it connects really well with the running industry and, and running in general. Is we want we want to be to enjoy the sport in a safe way, we want to feel the sense of community, and very importantly, we want to acknowledge the land that we run on. We we want to know and acknowledge. That the beautiful parks, the beautiful trails, national parks, and all those places that we visit while trail running were originally stewarded by Native people across the continent, and that those places are beautiful because Native people took care of them. So, those are some of the part of the vision of the Running History Diversity Coalition, which, by the way, for those interested, you can find it on social media and get a lot more info on this new group
2: yeah we'll definitely share that we'll, we'll link it in the show notes as well direct link to that and i'm i'm curious sergio because as i as i hear you talk and i know you're passionate about this as as we all should be you know making sure that the trails are are inclusive and safe for everyone should should absolutely be something we're passionate about and when we were talking before we hit record you know you share that hey you just have a heart of wanting to help people, you know, learn and understand and grow. And so as you, as you mentioned that that the trails don't discriminate, but people do, what are some things that, you know, this is the big ass runner herd you're talking to. You got an opportunity to talk to the herd. And as you know, the big ass runner herd are a group of amazing people who are just a community of, of trail runners and want to learn and grow. What are some, some things, how, how can we help kind of, Move this forward in your eyes.
0: Well, I will say that you are doing it right now, that providing a platform for people to share is a way to learn more about people. I mean, from your podcast, I have learned about nutrition. I have learned about certain products, shoes, races. I have learned a lot from you and because you provide a platform for people to connect and to learn from each other. And so that is the first step to be open, to allow these conversations to happen even in the midst of discomfort, um, instead of holding always to your comfort and never hearing things that you might not want to hear. You know, like your podcast is an example of being open and inclusive. And that is just the beginning opening the door for people to share their voice, their experience, their culture, especially people who are not regularly at the table or at the race or at the podcast. You know, I have the privilege to have been invited by you. I'm very thankful for that. But I want to say there's a lot of people who have a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience, a lot of things to share. And I think it's important that openness, sincere curiosity. You know, we need to resist that idea of debating or winning an argument and instead Sincerely, being curious about people's histories and and what it means, how they relate to trail running, or how they relate to community being formed through running.
2: I love that, Sergio. I, I'm a, a faith-based person, and, and if I think about you know the life that that Jesus lived, he lo- just loved people. And I think if we can just take that and go, hey, just just love people. <laughs> you know, not yeah. don't put anything else on it. Just love people. You're gonna be curious you're going to want to learn you're, you're going to want to have a we talked about before we hit record this this posture of understanding and learning what are some of the ways that we can maybe take on a little bit more of a posture of learning and understanding
0: well i i absolutely agree with the idea of love each other and love with curiosity again love trying to learn instead of trying to dominate you know So one of the things, I am originally from Mexico. English is not my first language. So with that, I can say I had to go through a process of not only learning the language, but through that, learning the culture. And I became a U.S. citizen. And for that, I had to study, I had to pass a test. But there was always my curiosity for the goal, for the finish line, right? Which is having a job, living in this country and enjoying what I get to do. And I think that there are, You know, it's not a cooking recipe. There's never just a formula where I can tell you, well, you grab this ingredient and this ingredient, you put them together, and now you're super cool and you're very inclusive. It's a practice. It's just like running. This is not a track event. This is an ultra marathon. Mm. And you need to practice these conversations. You need to learn more. You need to be curious. Uh, You need to feed your brain. You also need to feed your heart. Sometimes we want to be very rational. And we forget to be emotional. We forget to be vulnerable. And I think it's important that we open our hearts in order to learn and allow that knowledge to come in. Just like we are open to doing stripes and heel repeats and so many other pace running and so many other things that we do to complete our races. Similarly, in that case, learning about other people, diversity and inclusion, and specifically social justice is a long run. And the more you practice it, the better you get at it.
2: That is awesome. And a couple of things you said really resonate. You know, we're all works in progress and we're all yeah. just striving to get, you know, a little bit a little bit better. And maybe that's in our running, but also just as as people, as human beings, trying to get a little yeah. bit better. And I do want to bring up a specific example, and this is kind of why we, we started chatting last week, is you know, there's teachable moments in life. And I don't want to go too specific into the situation, but I do want to talk about it and have you kind of teach us a little bit. But a couple episodes ago, I inadvertently used a word that is a racist word specifically for women in the indigenous population. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that because I think, you know, what it was is, hey, this is an opportunity to learn and grow. It's not like, oh, I got you, Jeff. You you said this word you shouldn't have. It was more like – an opportunity to learn something new. And so I'd love for you to, to to talk about that a little bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I want to say for your listeners, specifically indigenous people, specifically women, trigger warning. I want to share a trigger warning. I am not going to use the word, but those who know will know what word we're talking about and we will figure it out. But, you know, I was listening to your podcast while walking home and people were sharing their goals for the new year. And somebody was going to run a peak, and in that, in the name of that peak, derogatory word is used that is very insulting for indigenous women. And it happens. I listened to that podcast exactly the same day that Secretary of Interior Deb Haaland, who is a Native American Laguna Pueblo uh, woman. She is the Secretary of Interior, the first Native American in a cabinet in the United States. She is removing this word from, uh, this word exists in over 650 sites across the United States. So imagine, we're talking about a racially insensitive and offensive word, derogatory, uh, very insulting. Imagine what it means for Native people to see this word in 650 places across the country. So the word starts with S and then a Q, and it has five words. Again, I'm not going to say it, but for those very curious, look to the news of the last 15th of January about the change, changing the name of public sites across the United States. And so I felt like it was important. I didn't cancel you. I didn't call <laughs> I you with that. a bad attitude, right? I, I didn't blast you on social media. I just said, this is an opportunity where I know Jeff is open and willing to, to learn a, bit, a little bit of that. And through Jeff, through your podcast, we can share with a lot of people, including our great partners in Latvia. I'm so excited. Hello, Latvia.
2: <laughs> um,
0: for you to know that the history of Native Americans in this continent continues. is not a thing of the past. It is not something that is gone. And Native people exist today. Native people have their own many cultures and languages, and they deserve the respect and the knowledge for us to not use words that are insulting. And so for that matter, I decided to call you, and we had that conversation. I really, again, you are role modeling what to do. You were open. You were listening. You did your own research. And we decided to have this conversation, and I feel that that is a formula of success. If not to finish our ultramarathon, at least you and I just passed the 10-mile marker uh, very positively, feeling really good, and looking forward to what else comes in this long run. So this is an invitation for people to do some research, learn from local communities about whose land do you run on. Because one thing we need to know is that everywhere where we are, everywhere is Native land. Not only in the United States, also Canada, also Mexico, the whole continent is Indigenous land. And it has its own name. And it has its own cultures, And it has its own connection to trail running too. And with that, what we are doing is centering Indigenous communities to really give visibility to their existence instead of thinking that they are a thing of the past and to offer respect in the way that we honor the land and we stop using words that shouldn't have been used in the first place.
2: Sergio, I love that. And I, I, it, you've, you've drawn the the parallel, which I love, which is life and, and trail running. There's so many parallels. <laughs> There's so many lessons yes. to be learned And you know this show is about encouraging and and entertaining the everyday runner. The everyday runner comes in all shapes and sizes and colors, as we talked about. And I just feel blessed, Sergio, that first of all you didn't cancel me, (laughs) that we were able to have a conversation to learn from you today. We are all better for it. If someone wanted to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Thank
0: you. Uh, Well, I'm on social media at. Sergio underscore con color. But if you want to find me, you can find me running in all them lands in the desert here in Tucson. Uh, you can also find me there. And, you know, this is not just me mentioning these things. For example, uh, Western States, the very famous trail run in California, just implemented their first land acknowledgement in the last race last year. It was the first time that race organizers gave the space to an indigenous person to explain the name and the connections to local communities where these rates happen. So there's other organizations taking these steps. I also want to mention, just earlier, I mentioned about Aravaipa Running, you know, the, com- the company that organizes a lot of these events. Yeah. Well, Aravaipa is an indigenous word, too. Just like I mentioned coyotes earlier. Aravaipa is nde, or also known as Apache. It's a word from that indigenous language. And so there's a lot to learn about the history of the places where we run. I hope that we can instill that curiosity in your listeners and start looking into organizations like Renew Earth Running and also Rising Hearts or Native Women Running. And I'm just sharing a few resources there on Instagram, really easy. For people to go look into trail running from a different perspective where where time and pace and travas and calories don't matter, and it's more important, a connection to community, a connection to families, to history, and um, we can learn from our own trail running experiences as a community.
2: In my opinion, <laughs> the community is is what trail running is about. So thank you, Sergio, so much for sharing with us from your heart, for letting us have the opportunity to learn from you to grow today. And it's like, like we said, it's not, it's not a, okay, you're done and finished. You haven't crossed the finish line. This is a, this is a long journey for all of us, but but we've taken a a few steps forward, I believe today because of you. So thank you so much.
0: Yes. And thank you for opening the door, for creating this space. And I encourage you to invite other people who are working on this. And I encourage your listeners, my own colleagues and herds and partners in running, to be curious about the lands where you live, to be curious about the history, and to hear that history from the real knowledge holders and from local communities that will enrich your life in a way that you could not imagine. Trail running can get even better when you form a
2: community and you learn from your local community. That's a mic drop. That's well said. So, Sergio, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for the opportunity. We are grateful for you. And and let's stay in touch.
0: Gracias, Jeff. Take care.
2: Well, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 130, and I got to say, how amazing is the big-ass runner herd? Thank you, John, for sharing your why I run. Thank you, Sergio, for helping us understand and grow and learn a little bit today, or a lot. For me, it's a lot. Really appreciate that. And a big thanks to our audio engineer, Steve Sasperillo Saunders who makes it sound so good. And thank you for tuning in. You know, we are here to serve the trail running community. So thank you for downloading this podcast, for listening to it on your run. Thank you so much for your support. The kind messages, the one request I have, I would love for you to reach out to me if you'd like to do an intro, if you'd like to do a why I run really anything at all we would love to feature you here on the podcast well with that get out there hit those trails and keep running your asses off And both part one. Scratch that. His Pyrenees hoodie, hooded shirt. His pyramid. His Pyrenees hooded shirt. And the community for for my. Let me start over. See, that's where I mess up. Go You say potato, and I say potato. You say tomato,
0: and I say tomato, potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Let's go. Right, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Jimmy, what's up?